Hello. Welcome to Personalized Learning with Matt and Courtney. This is Matt. This is Courtney. How are you doing, Courtney? Great. Fantastic. Wonderful. How are you? Awesome. I am very good. You know what I'm excited to do today? Podcast? Yeah. And talk through the do-dos and don't-dos of personalized learning. I always forget that part. I know. <laughs> doing better at it. I'm trying to do better at it. So today I want to talk about a conference I went to. Yeah, I want you to talk about this conference that you went to. Oh, good. Mm. Well, so we're on the same page we for this are. one. Yep. Okay, good. So I went to a conference last week uh, in San Diego yeah. at the Design 39 campus. Yeah. And it was called the Future Now Conference. Mm -hmm. And the best part of it was on Friday, it was the pre-conference day with the kids. Yeah, that's that is yeah, that's the best. It was it was crazy good. So we had a little keynote in the morning about one with one of the parents that was there, who's written a few books. Um, his name was Grant Lickman, and he had some great things to say and some really cool books. So I'll put a link to those in the show notes. And then we went on a little tour of the school. It's a brand new school, mm -hmm. you know. So it's uh, it's it's new it's it's updated it's got lots of tech it's got lots of windows it's california so the doors go to the outside and that sort of thing yeah so which is beautiful. nice it's a be i bet it's beautiful it is beautiful yeah you know it's but they kept saying that the building's not the point the tech is not the point let's yeah. talk to the kids and actually see what is happening with the learning because that's why we're there right it's not yeah. about this beautiful building and the tech being this is the magic bullet right none of that no was it there. isn't and, and, yeah. they, and they were very upfront that yeah we're very fortunate to have a new building but that's not the point the point is what we're doing inside the building with the kids right it's like okay so let's see if that's true so after we toured the building we got to go into classrooms mm -hmm. and i didn't know if it was going to be like set up for us or anything or or what it was going to be be like but basically we just got to walk around the school in groups if we wanted to and go into classrooms and just start talking to kids oh nice it was just kind of like free range just it was, go wherever you want yep school is open do whatever you feel like doing school of 1200 kids that's awesome they get about 50 teachers the buildings are multiple wings multiple floors just go where you want to go okay and so is this um what kind of school is this is this a, a k-8 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 school. K school about 1200 kids all right so the, you know california is the weird part coming here from maine where you have 60 kids in a classroom with two teachers and that's really it you know what but i'm gonna push back on that because Good. it's not that weird it's weird here in maine well maine is weird maine is weird so yeah we have class sizes that are not that big no so yeah and, and that's okay yeah that's okay but there, it can be done in other places and mm -hmm. so a lot of a lot of the class size thing i think is is overrated depending on what you're doing in the class if yeah you, thank if, you i agree with that in my head i was like oh i don't know the research about class sizes exactly and well then I'm yeah like, no if you have 30 kids in a classroom doing a traditional way of learning yeah that's no good that's no good yep totally with you <laughs> that's no good totally with you but if you have but that's no good if you have five kids in the classroom like it's just no totally good agree. i i think there's like i think those all right i'm totally taking us off on a tangent but i think those Shocker. research things about uh class sizes I don't know that they take into account instructional style. I don't think they do. They just look at numbers. Okay, so there we go. Let's throw those out the window because that's not what it's about. It's not about the exactly. number of people in the room. It's about what's happening in the room. Just like it's about what's happening in the building. So what's happening in the building? Okay, so what's happening in the building? Is it my turn <laughs> back? Turn. You can have it back. Now. Okay, so, so the rooms that they had were like 
I'd say maybe slightly larger than classroom size, but that in, that we're used to. Okay. But I think it may it may be an illusion because their ceilings were higher. So oh, it looked yeah, like they be. had more space that way. Right. And they just had like a sliding door in the middle, which could be opened or shut depending on what they were doing. Uh, like of two rooms, you're yeah. saying? Okay. Yeah. So it was one giant room with a sliding door in the middle. Uh, so it was like two classroom sizes. But Could I'm, you see into the other room yeah. from one room? Okay. Yeah, it was well, like one of those hotel ones, which is the entire wall. Oh, gotcha. It's, so it's not sliding doors. It's sliding walls, basically. Sliding walls. Yeah, awesome. They, they fold. So I, the more I think about it, the more I think that they're regular classroom sized, but the ceilings were just much higher than we're used to in our schools. So I think that's the, the illusion of space okay. right there. Sure. Now that I'm now that I'm thinking about it. So, but the the nicest part was was of course talking to the kids and see what they were doing. Yeah. And the first thing I was noticing is as I went into uh, a couple of classrooms and they do it by spans. So I saw a K one room and a four five room were the two that I kind of hung out in the most. Okay. So in the K one room was the first one I went into, and you know they're so cute and they're so small. And oh my God, they were all engaged. Yeah. Every single one. They were doing their own thing. They happened to be working on some uh, blogging that they were doing for whatever project they were on at this particular moment. Um, this one happened to be they were growing, uh, they were like growing plants to put, to, to make a, like an Alzheimer's care center. The people in there make it feel more, more at home. Oh, nice. And they got to talk to the kids, and they got to talk to the, the older people that are there. And so it was just a, a good community outreach, of course. Yeah. But it was, a good, it was a good project because they were learning all about science and writing and math at that level. But they're also connecting with their community, yeah. and their community was connecting with the school. Yeah, that sounds awesome. It was ridiculous. The kids were just doing what they needed to do. It was all based on design thinking. So they were all in different phases of the design thinking process. Oh, cool. Okay. And some were further ahead yeah. and ready to blog and ready to, to post to the internet that what they were doing. And some were, you know, back at the beginning trying oh. to figure out what they were doing. And Really? And it was totally fine because, yeah. as we've talked about before, kids know where kids are at any time. And if they needed some help with something, they knew who to go to because they could look at the board that was in the front of the room and say, okay, this kid's on this one, which means they've already done this which means I can go to them for help because I'm struggling on this one. Okay, so let me lay this out. So there's go. how many kindergartners and first graders in this room? Uh, in that room, there was 55. 55, okay. And they're all working on a similar project, Yep. but in different phases of the project. Yep. And something in the front of the room is some there's some kind of visual aid. It's like a whiteboard. A whiteboard, okay, that shows the phases of design thinking. Yep. And then there's something that indicates which kids in the room are in which phase. They were just written underneath it. Awesome. That And every kid, of course, if we talked about again, kids know where they are. Yeah. Kids know where their friends are. Yeah. But it was very open. It didn't matter at all where, where they were. It's just where they were. Yeah. And I was talking to a few kindergartners and first graders and... It was cute because they all thought they were first graders, even the kindergartners. <laughs> they, awesome. like, they didn't know yeah. any different. They so. didn't care. They're, doesn't they didn't, it, it doesn't matter. Because it doesn't matter. You're matter. right. They were just they were just learning. So wait, what happens when the kindergartners come back next year? And I asked that question. They said, <laughs> they're still first graders and they don't care. <laughs> <laughs> they're just happy. They're just like, I'm here. Yeah, it's like Amazing. Whatever. That's what it should be. That's, I'm just here. Yeah, it was really, it was really, really neat to see and <laughs> mm -hmm. uh, just talking to them. So it. It was fascinating that a design thinking could happen in a K to one classroom that we've said before. Yeah. Right. It doesn't matter. This is 
grade less, basically, right? You can do this with any bunch of people, right? Whether they're really, really short kindergartners or they're adults, <laughs> yeah, and everything in between. Yeah. So it was fascinating to see that. So then I went and wandered around to the fourth and fifth grade room, and I saw a lot more of the same thing. Okay. So they were a little more vocal with the with the adults. So they would they came up to me and we talked all the time. So we're going to have an, a little interview a little bit later with a uh, a kid that I interviewed. Yeah. And it was the same type of thing. They were working on whatever project they were on. It looked the exact same thing. So they had design thinking stuff. I forget exactly what they were working on because they, it was a little more advanced and I, I didn't really get into what they were doing. I just right. was were, looking okay. at more yeah. individual kids sure, at sure, that sure. point. So the, the thing that fascinated me out of those 60-something kids that were in that classroom. The four or five? The four or five. Yeah. So I saw about 120 kids in those two rooms. Right. And I was looking around for the kids who weren't doing anything. Sure. Or were just kind of like zoning off into space or just laying on the floor crying or whatever kids do in <laughs> elementary school, right? Yeah. You got 120 yeah, of them with four yeah. adults it, plus a lot of visitors in the room. Right. A, the visitors didn't phase them at all. And I could not find a single kid who wasn't doing what, what they wanted to be doing at yeah. that moment. So whether it was what they were supposed to be doing, I'm not quite sure. But looking around, they were all engaged in their product. Uh, their project, their excuse project, me. Yeah. And they were focused on different things. Huh, yeah, cool. All of them. Yeah. It, and they said it's not perfect. And they showed some pictures of kids flopping around on the floor. <laughs> that, you know, sometimes that happens. I love that they, like, felt they needed to take evidence of, like, the bad stuff happening. Because well, I feel exactly. like, you know, that's awesome. They're like, no, really, we promise you. Yeah, it's not perfect. We have the same things as everyone else. Like, that's hysterical. Yeah, and they said, it. they tried to say that numerous times. It's like, no matter what you saw, we have the same problems that you yeah. guys have. No right. matter what school you're in, no matter what happens, school is not perfect. Yeah. We have our issues too. Right. And I'm like, well, I didn't see any, of, at least from the kid point of view, yeah. which is really all that matters, right? Mm, it doesn't matter yeah. about the adult stuff. So the adult stuff, they can take care of themselves. Yeah. To be very honest, they can take care of themselves. And I, I asked some questions of what how they actually work through things, and I know I didn't get all the questions, so I'm not really going to get into it Okay, yep, on this. Because I, I don't know yep. all the answers, and I don't want to portray them as, as something else that, that I don't really know sure, about. Sure, sure, sure. But what we did care about was what the kids are looking at, what the kids are doing. Are they learning? Are they having fun? Right. It was crazy. So one of the things that I did see that they had to do was the California state testing. So at the time, they I saw what happens. And basically, they march kids into another room where they take their test. Um, I think It's like a separate test room. I think so. Yeah, it like was a, it was a no. separate test room they did, and I'm not sure if it was online or if it was pencil and paper. Yeah, to be honest, it doesn't matter. It, it yeah. doesn't matter yeah. But they were definitely where where they had to sit by themselves and take a test. Yeah. Okay. Um, you know, it's required state testing. It's right. Yeah. You public can't get school. You can't right, really right. get around it. So oh, so oh, wait. Yep. Pause. This is a public okay. school. Public school. Yep. It's design 39, and the question is also why why 39? Yeah. Yeah. It's the 39th school in the San Diego School District. Perfect. And that was it. They were looking Simple. for something yeah. fancy and nope. all that sort of thing. And they finally couldn't come up with anything. And so the principal said, yeah, so we just said design 39 because it's the 39th. It and works people really like, well. Yeah, actually, that's, that's not bad. <laughs> so cool. Right on. Okay. So is, is it a like, is it analogous to a charter school in any way? Is there a choice? Like I, who it, comes in, to this school? See, choice is the thing that has been explained to me that I don't really get all the time sure. coming from Maine where we don't really we have, don't have it we yeah. don't really have that yeah so but as far as I can tell and from some of the other things they said K 
kids in San Diego County can choose whatever school they want to go to. Right. They just have to get there. Yes. Right. There is some busing, but it's for the local type kids. Right. There's a radius in which they'll all provide a bus. Exactly. Yeah. But you can you can go to any school you want. Okay. And I think I, I wrote down on my notes that the keynote one of the keynote speakers said that about 50% of the kids in San Diego County go to their neighborhood school. Yeah, makes sense. Which means half of them don't. Right. See, quick math I did right there. Sounds good. So the kid that I talked to that you'll see the interview for later moved here from San Francisco area, and this was her first year in Design 39. And I asked her about how she was basically integrated into Design 39 because it's a it's a different type school. Right. And I said, before, what, what was your school like? She goes, oh, it was very, very traditional. Mm-hmm. You know, so through fourth grade, it was it was basically the same thing. She said it was okay. Sure. Yeah. She was a very bright kid, as you'll as you'll notice. But she said, you know, it was okay. But we were all doing the same thing mm. that the teachers wanted us to do, mm-hmm. and it was okay. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't okay for everybody. She said. Oh, yeah, so, because it's not okay for everybody. Exactly, and she kind of picked that up pretty yeah. quick. So. I said, how did you, as a, as a brand new student into the school, figure out what they were doing? You know, you're doing design thinking stuff now. It's pretty clear because the design thinking octagons are, are all over the school. Good. And they do everything around design thinking. So I'm thinking, really, everything? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so how did you get integrated into the school? She said, well, we came in the very first day and the classroom was empty. No furniture, nothing on the walls, just empty. We all marched in, and the teachers are saying, okay, this is your classroom. We're going to go through a design thinking process. This is the process. You're going to design the classroom that meets your needs, not our needs, because the learning is about you. Oh, that's so good. So they started right out with the empathy part. <laughs> and then plowed through this, plowed through the thing in, in like a week or so and designed what they had. But what about going over rules and procedures and and all that so the best part is (laughs) it's all the stuff that we talk about all the time yeah on this podcast for the last two plus years now right it's like asking the kids and involving the kids right well that yeah yes okay courtney's wound up now this is good i am wound up but it's it's everything we 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 talk about right yes it's like the kid it's not just setting down rules and sops or you know, even classroom culture and that sort of thing. They put it all on kids. Yeah. And the teachers were saying, you know, we try to design all these things for kids that, that really make sense. And sometimes we get stuck and we, we really don't know what to do. Right. And then somebody said a couple of years ago, they said, well, why don't we just why ask, we the, ask kids? the kids? <laughs> and they're like, oh, my God, that's uh, yeah. so obvious. So yes. they did. And kids have great ideas. They do. Oh, my God. Every time. There's like a handful of teams I work with where they do that exact thing. They get themselves kind of wound into like a confusing knot trying to figure out what to do in some situation that involves the kids. And they can't come up with something. And then they come to me and why don't you ask the kids? And they're always like, oh, yeah. So then they go do it. And it's amazing. Yeah. Always. Just go ask the kids. The standard default for them is yeah. let's just ask the kids. Good. Yeah, let's ask them good. what's going on. Yay. Fascinating. Fascinating. That was the best part, right. talking to the kid. So uh, talking to all the kids. Yeah. So we're going to play a little thing about testing right now 
from this student. Okay, so what is what is what design a, thirty nine? Social fifth. She's a social fifth. Social fifth. Okay. And this is her for, again her first year at Design Thirty Nine campus. Awesome. Um, so, testing in this school, we don't really have major tests in class. Um, instead, we have, um, I like to think that everything is a test and everything is not a test. We, we never really have tests like uh, given by the teachers that you're not allowed to talk and you have to work separately with pen and paper. Um, instead, while we're doing while we're doing um, like collaboration work, the teachers are still seeing like the writing and the math we're doing, and they use that to grade. But that's not really a test in a traditional school. So that way, um, students like in our classroom, we don't get stressed about testing. Um, but there's not really a thing where we'll like do a really bad job on anything because we know that the teachers are looking at it um, and using that to grade. So that way um, everybody is always on task and doing something and always giving in their best work but um, nobody's ever like uh, oh my goodness I have a big test tomorrow I have to study and stay up really late at night. Um, so that way Everybody is like calm and relaxed, and we uh, we can actually learn not just um, we can learn not just like uh, be crazy, but then the teachers can also um, see what we need to learn more, and that way we can we can learn and still have fun at the same time. Can you make sure you say your name on here too? My name is Tanvi Pide and um, I'm in fifth grade at Design 39 campus. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. So that was amazing. Yeah. Everything's a test and nothing's and a nothing's test. And nothing's a test. Oh my God, that just encapsulates personalized learning and learner-centered proficiency-based education. So the best the best part about that interview was I had talked to her for about forty five minutes, but I wasn't recording any of it. <laughs> so she had already said all of this before to me. Yeah, yeah. And so I wanted to make sure she got that part again, and then she just riffed for the next couple minutes, as you just heard. Yeah. The, the, her whole talk was amazing because it was yeah. everything at that school was focused on the learner. Right. And she knew it. Yeah. And appreciated it, and said this is exactly what I wanted to be doing yeah. is basically being in charge of my own learning right. with some people to help me. And they don't call themselves teachers. Mm. Uh, they call them LEDs. I'm like, okay, what, what could what that, does that possibly mean? Yeah. be? Light um, emitting diodes. <laughs> that's what I thought. But I, I didn't see like any, any no, they weren't glowing halos. Nobody was glowing. <laughs> exactly. Uh, They're learning experience designers. Okay. Fine. I love that. Yeah, that's a good. Actually, that's all right. Because they design learning experiences. They do. Yeah. You know, for and that's that's their job. That's all of our jobs. Yeah. It's just, it's not about us. It's again. Well, and it even like their if their whole thing is design thinking, like right there, it's. Well, that's that's it. Everything yeah, was everything, based around yeah. design thinking. That's so important, though. Like, if if that's going to be like the cornerstone, it has to be pervasive. And it really sounds like it is. Yeah. That's the culture that they yeah. wanted in the school. Right. And that's what they held to. And they can explain it. But they really have the kids actually do that. And yeah, it's they consistent. really do it. Yeah. It's, it's not. I mean, I'm sure the quality of it is 
varies from oh of course from teacher to teacher to kid to kid uh, like anything else yeah. but that is if you are a, a, a teacher an adult at design 39 that's what you do right it's it the focus is all on them and it was such a different feeling we've been to you know we've been to many many schools around mm-hmm. this country but for various things and this was the the most culture friendly if that's a term, uh, <laughs> school that, that I've ever been, yeah. that, that has been that pervasive across, across the classrooms. Good it was, for them. It was incredible. Good for them. So they did say, you know, we've, we've got our issues. We've got, you know, parent things and all the regular basic how to run a school, that, that they have all the same issues. Um, but it was fascinating to me. We're, we're going to, I know we're running a little late today, but we're going we're gonna to finish with something that the, the keynote speaker on the second day told me about. And again, he was a parent at Design 39 for the last few years. So they moved there specifically for that school after they heard the great things. And uh, I believe the kid was a kindergartner, but it could have been a first grader. But sure. I believe it was a kindergartner. <laughs> it doesn't matter in that room. doesn't really matter. It doesn't really matter. Yeah, they're all first graders. <laughs> so said so they, they went in and his, his wife decided to start volunteering a little bit. Yeah. Which is great, right? More parent involvement. Came home that night white as a ghost like that school she said that school is so chaotic uh, there is nothing happening and they were asking their their kid you know what you what so what you do today what you right. learn today oh, nothing you know i i don't know i don't i don't really remember right that sort of thing and he <laughs> the guy said sounds like my kid we started to panic <laughs> Like, oh, my God, maybe this is not the right choice. This is we're going to have to find them another school. So they started looking for another school. Then they had parent-teacher conferences um, in the next couple weeks. So they took the kid there and talked to the teacher and asked the same. The parents asked the same questions of the kid in front of the teacher. And, you know, I don't know. I don't Mm. don't remember. I don't know. And so the teacher started asking, prompting the kid, oh, so – so remember that that project we were doing today and blah 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 and all the 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 math you were doing oh yeah the kindergartner says i remember doing this oh and we did this and blah 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 blah, and (laughs) basically spattered off on the learning and then about something else they said oh yeah johnny remember blah 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 and the kids started like explaining the entire day the entire (laughs) week the entire month of what they were doing and the parents, they said they were realizing as, as their son was talking, they were learning the entire time, but he was having too much fun to know it was learning. So it just seemed like you're having fun at school Oh, all my day. gosh. Yes. And from then on, they wow. were completely turned around. They said the chaos is clearly organized in right. some it's fashion. It's organized. So yeah. the more they got into it, they realized design thinking is actually, it's messy. Oh, super but messy. It's, but it's a thing. Right. And the kids are actually learning, but they don't necessarily know they're learning, especially at, at the K-1 level. I mean, those well, kids like, are well, just having fun. Yeah, but that's so fascinating to me right there that a, a kindergartner already has the social construct like built in their head that learning is not fun. It, that's the part that disappointed the parents a little bit. And so yeah. that they said, we are just where he said, we are asking the wrong questions right. of our kids at home. And we needed to change the way we were asking the questions yeah. about from, you know, what you learn, what, you, what was your grade. Uh, they don't grade at all. Mm-hmm. It's totally feedback. They put the kids on a progression. 
and they comment back and forth. And so they use Google Docs right now. Right. You know, something perfect. Which you could just use need. pencil and paper for God's sakes. Yeah. And and so I was asking a third grader later, uh, right near the end, I caught a third grader who was looking at his progression. I said, "How do you know where you are?" Well, this is the evidence that I have, and so I put myself here. Like, what if your teacher disagrees? Well, sometimes they do, and they put comments in here, and sometimes I agree, and sometimes it gives me help on what I need to work on after I actually think about it a little bit. <sighs> Reflection. And I said, some, he said, sometimes I'm ahead of where the teacher thinks I am, <laughs> and I have to convince them. And they say, oh, yeah, you're actually right. Look at so that. So I like, kind of like it. The kid was saying, he's just... Some kid I happened to walk by who was looking at progression. I said, That's amazing. show me your math. Show me your ELA. And could do it could do it easily. Amazing. But they all placed themselves. It was fascinating. So shout out to Design 39 Campus yeah. in San Diego. Yeah. Uh, we'll, I'm sure we'll have more interviews with them uh, later. Mm-hmm. Um, just because. And it's San Diego. So shout out to San Diego, California. You're a fan. I'm a, I'm a fan of San Diego. Yes. So. Ah, uh, oh, thank you, Matt. It was fascinating. Yeah, and I'm so we, glad you got to go. The best part is we didn't even get to the papers that I have right no, now. No, nothing. Good. So we're gonna save that for another week. Okay.